0: Good morning, well Tim, I don't know what was wrong the first time, but I counted a blessing that I got to hear at least part of the song twice, (laughs) praise the Lord, y'all have an awesome choir and piano player uh, and organist, Frank. It's my great pleasure and honor to be here, uh, Latoya Red Thompson, the conference lay leader of the Mississippi Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. Um, As Kim mentioned, we are a connectional church, and the connection is valuable to us all. She talked about how uh, we use Mission Insight to get statistical data, which is a program the conference provides for all of our churches. And she talked about how St. Matthew's has gone to the East Jackson District Committee on Building and Location and gotten assistance and information to help you all as you progress and expand your ministry. And St. Matthew's is incredibly valuable to the connection, having folks like Gay Huff, Um, Melissa Grantham, who's in the earlier service, your pastor, Reverend Andy Stoddard, who plans annual conference and does so many other things, um, as does Reverend Aaron Hicks. So it is really and truly um, a great thing and a joyful thing for me to be here with you this morning. I will read the scripture, Mark 6, 45 through 56. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because all they saw, they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves, so their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed at Geneset and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was, and wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside. They placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. (laughs) If you heard the scripture mentioned... They had not understood about the loaves. That's a reference to the very famous miracle where Jesus fed the 5,000, which comes just immediately before today's passage. In that passage about the miracle where Jesus fed the 5,000, he had been teaching thousands of people. It was late in the day. They were in a remote place, and the people had become hungry. So the disciples said, we should feed these people, and Jesus said, hey, you give them something to eat. The disciples responded that feeding those people would take more than a year of wages. Now, you and I both know today that Jesus wasn't talking about purchasing those people some food. Jesus was telling them to feed the people by doing what he did, by performing a miracle. Jesus offered the disciples an unexpected solution to the problem of having hungry people, which they couldn't accept because... The only way they could think of with their limited minds to feed hungry people was the way they always had, by purchasing food. Jesus proceeded seemingly easily to bless the food and multiply it. The disciples could have done the same thing, but they missed the opportunity because they needed their minds revived. It's a wonderful thing that you, the laity at St. Matthew's, have done for your lead pastor, Reverend Andy Stoddard allowing him this renewal time. And it's impressive to me that you all are also undergoing a renewal time. Themes revive us again. Merriam-Webster dictionary defines revive as to restore to consciousness or life, to restore from a depressed, inactive, or unused state, to bring back, to renew in the mind or memory. We come to today's passage fresh from an experience that demonstrates the need of the disciples to be revived, the miracle with the feeding of 5,000. But wait, they needed to revive, be revived. They had heard the teaching of Jesus and seen him perform miracles more than anyone. They had accompanied Jesus to the home of Simon Peter and Andrew when he healed Peter's sick mother-in-law, Later that same day, they had seen him heal many more people of all kinds of illnesses. They were traveling with Jesus when they witnessed him raise a widow's son from the dead. In just two short chapters before today's passage in Mark 6 and Mark 4, the disciples woke Jesus from soundly sleeping during a storm while they were on a boat and witnessed him in their fear, watched him calm the storm. Jesus scolded the disciples after that particular miracle and asked them, where was your faith? After all that, in Mark 6, the disciples still didn't have a live or active faith. They didn't have faith to feed the crowd when Jesus told them to do so. They needed their faith to be restored to life. They needed their faith to be restored from an inactive state. They needed their faith to be renewed in their minds and their memories. They needed their faith to be revived. After Jesus feeds the thousands, he hangs behind while the disciples get in a boat to cross the water. He decides, I'll just walk across. The scripture says he intended to pass them and complete his walk across the water. But when they became afraid at the unexpected sight of him walking on the water, he sees the opportunity for an unexpected revival. This passage shows us two things about how God attempts to revive our faith with an unexpected revival. It sometimes takes the unexpected for us to learn or revive our faith. And then secondly, we should look for and embrace the unexpected. Isaiah 55, 8-9 through nine says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is trying to get us to do what he does, to create a way out of no way, to feed the hungry, to heal the sick, to perform miracles. He is trying to teach us to be limitless, like him, which is how he intended us to be creating us in his image and all in order to get us to do what he does and to exercise the power he offers us to change our lives and the lives of others he has to train us to think like him God thinks without limits because Jesus was timely spending a lot of time with God and intentionally spending time with God he became like God he thought like God thought and therefore he was able to do what God did. A lot of us are limited by our beliefs. We might believe we can be whatever we want to be professionally, a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, etc but we don't really believe we can heal ourselves or someone else, or that we can call down food from heaven like Moses did, or survive a lion's den like Daniel, or kill a giant like David. In order for us to believe that Bible stories aren't just stories, God has to throw us off and show us that limitations that we believe in are not reality. We learn by having experiences like the disciples did. We learn by hearing information that is meaningful. And fear can make experiences meaningful. Fear can help us remember God scared the disciples when he unexpectedly appeared walking on the water. Going through that unexpected, unfamiliar experience should have helped them to remember the lesson about faith. Sometimes going through a scary experience can help us learn something about our erroneous beliefs. The famous televangelist Joyce Meyer wrote a small book called Do It Afraid. I read that book a long time ago. And the book says, whatever you're scared of doing, if you want to stop being scared, do that thing that you're scared of. And you'll overcome fear. And you'll learn a new belief, that what you believed was the limit for you is not. My husband was afraid of heights, and when we went to Mexico for our honeymoon, our tour guide wanted us to climb a 130-foot pyramid. When the tour guide suggested that we climb this pyramid, my husband was like, no. But I was like, yeah. When we got about halfway up the pyramid, we took a break and sat on the steps. And my husband sat so that he did not face out because he didn't want to see how high we were. Well, I was psyched. So I sat there and I turned around and I saw we were level with the tops of the trees. And I said, "Whoo!" I didn't expect that. I didn't realize we were that high before I turned around. And I started to feel fear arise in me but we kept going to the top and when we got to the top the view was breathtaking we were now twice as high as the trees and we could see a pyramid that we had visited a couple days before that was an hour and a half away it was so neat we took selfies and all that stuff and then our tour guide beckoned for my husband to come sit with her on the edge of the top of the pyramid where there's no wall or guard or anything. Thankfully, she only called for him because she thought he had the fear of heights. But in an attempt to be supportive of him and because I didn't want to let them know I had become a little afraid, I eventually went over and sat with them and it was an amazing experience. Because of that unexpected challenge, because of that unexpected revival of my faith in God through climbing that pyramid, Now my husband and I can do so many fun things together. We shortly thereafter rode the highest escalade uh, in In it's located in Atlanta, in the CNN building. It's the the highest and the longest freestanding escalator. Um, Just a few months ago, in December, we took a four-seater plane ride and, and toured and got an aerial view of Los Angeles and Malibu and Santa Monica, and it was unforgettable. But only because we were met with an unexpected challenge to our limiting beliefs about heights were we able to enjoy these kinds of experiences together. So height is no longer a limit for either one of us. Climbing that pyramid was an unexpected revival of my faith in God that seriously lessened my limiting fear of heights. There is no height now that I can go to that I don't know God is with me and watching over me. John 10.10 10 says the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came so that we might have life and have it to the full. Learning through the unexpected that we have no limit helps us to have that full life God intended for us to have. If the disciples had spent their whole apprenticing time with Jesus, observing things in line with their limited belief of reality, if they had always bought people food when they were hungry, and never saw Jesus multiply the loaves and the fish, if they had always bought sick people medicine or transported them to the doctor and never saw Jesus heal them, if they had always funeralized the dead and comforted their loved ones in the traditional pastoral way and never saw Jesus resurrect someone, they would not have learned to face the unexpected in the way of relying on God. When the disciples saw Jesus calm the storm in Mark 4, the Bible says they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey them. Jesus kept meeting them with the unexpected, and there were so many times that they didn't get it and they didn't get it and they didn't get it and they missed the boat on having their own faith. But Jesus knew in order to stretch them, he had to keep hitting them with the unexpected, even when it scared them with new ways and options that they hadn't thought of because they needed to see a power bigger than them in order to understand that the power was real, that they needed the power to do the ministry that God called them to do and that the same power that Jesus had was available to them. By blowing their minds and feeding the 5,000, by calming the storm, by walking on water, Jesus is doing for the disciples what he did for every person he healed, giving them a meaningful experience to help them learn or relearn slash revive their faith. Unexpected experiences help them believe contrary to the limits they thought they had and brought to their remembrance the fact that they have no limits, not gravity, not money, or a lack thereof, not death, not anything. As the Bible says in multiple places, nothing is impossible for God, and Jesus doing the unexpected proved that. Things might be impossible for us on our own, but Jesus wanted us to know that nothing is impossible when we tap into our relationship with God and the power available to us there. Jesus wanted the disciples to learn And to be revived in their minds by seeing him do things they didn't expect. Jesus wanted them to see that everything was possible for them as it is for us through our faith in God. I still get a little afraid of heights sometimes. Don't tell my husband if you ever see him. But I do appreciate a nice view. And I really do enjoy doing things that help me overcome a fear in order to be able to do something I enjoy. Like, seeing an aerial view of a city. We have to overcome our limiting beliefs to live the full and the purposeful life that God calls us to live. And that is what God challenges us to do every day with unexpected revivals. He's constantly attempting to present us with unexpected revivals of our faith. And with that said, we need to learn to embrace the unexpected revival that God brings for us. One of my good friend's children's, attend school at St. Matthew's and we were talking one day we were talking about Aaron Hicks I think I was headed to lunch with her and he told me you tell Aaron Hicks whatever they're doing with that Vacation Bible School it's working he said I usually have a tough time getting my kids up in the morning they have all kinds of excuses but this week they get me up there was something unexpected at that VBS for them there was something that you all did at BBS this year that made them learn God in a new way, see God in a new way, that revived their faith and made them excited about God. That is awesome. You provided the unexpected, and those kids embraced it. This is what happened with Peter when Jesus walked on the water. Well, almost. In the version of Jesus walking on the water in Matthew 14, Peter Finally got it. He thought, oh, I can do that too. I am limitless too. All the other disciples were afraid of the unexpected vision of Jesus walking on the water. They thought he was a ghost, something different from them, when in fact he was a man, the same as them. Peter, though he embraced the unexpected and got out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. When he saw the wind... He became afraid. He reverted. He lost his faith. He began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and called him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? You had embraced the unexpected revival. Why did you revert back? We must embrace the unexpected. We must look for it. When people miraculously live through catastrophes, we must embrace that as God attempting an unexpected revival of our faith. When we hit worship attendance goals that we have never hit before, and I know you've done that at St. Matthew's, we must embrace that as God attempting an unexpected revival of our faith. When we see people living much longer than the doctor predicted, like Stephen Hawkins, who died recently, lived 50 years longer than he was supposed to, we must embrace that as God attempting an unexpected revival of our faith. By the way, that's whether the the person that God used to show us believed in God or not. When we see that we are surprised to see our kids really light up about an experience with God, we must embrace that as God attempting an unexpected revival of our faith. When we have any good experience that we can't explain, a job offer we didn't apply for, get a job that we know we didn't qualify for, when we get a great spouse we know we didn't deserve, our kids that we never did homework with who became brilliant, we must embrace that as God attempting an unexpected revival of our faith. It sometimes takes the unexpected for us to learn. You have a lead pastor, Reverend Andy Stoddard, who believes in the unexpected. That's good. If you want to be disciples of Jesus Christ, if you want to make disciples of Jesus Christ, you have to undergo the unexpected revival that God sends to you. And you have to lead others in that unexpected revival. In order to ignite and revive the faith of the people in this room and those outside who don't know God, you have to embrace your own unexpected revival. And then you have to be a conduit of unexpected revival for others. I challenge you this morning to look for God's unexpected revival of your faith. And out of that revival, I challenge you to be limitless. And then allow God to use you to give an unexpected revival of someone else's faith. Amen.